The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode number 80. Talk about leading a more fulfilled life with Jordan Kentris. A user experience designer by trade, Jordan's background in art and design isn't just professional. It's been a deep-seated passion for as long as he can remember. After years in the advertising industry working in web design and user experience with major brands like Pepsi, Visa, Toyota, and Mercedes, Jordan knew it was time he took his creativity offline so he could get his hands dirty. Out of that realization, he launched a custom brooch business, which ultimately evolved into his wedding stationery, perfectly marrying his experience in digital design with his love for crafting. Thus, his boutique design firm, A Good Day, was born to serve eclectic, one-of-a-kind stationery that establishes a unique brand for each event. From save-the-dates and invitations to day-of signage and menus, Jordan draws inspiration from his diverse array of interests spanning fashion, architecture, interior design, and film to curate an aesthetic that perfectly matches each client's vision for their celebration. Jordan was recently recognized by BizBash as one of the most innovative people in 2020 for his creative, holistic approach to virtual events. Today, Jordan is here with us to talk about some big ideas, you guys. How to find purpose in every project you touch. How to find inspiration when you get stuck. How to take something good away from every project to improve your processes and outputs. And ultimately, how to be a happier entrepreneur. So go grab your coffee, grab your tea. And we are going to talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your host, Renee Dallow, joined this week by the always delightful Jordan Kentress. Jordan, how are you? I am doing fabulous, Renee. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy you're here, and I am obsessed with our topic today. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad because you're the guest, so you should be. No, I'm kidding. Um, Today, we're talking about leading a more fulfilled life as a creative. And I have to say that this is something that has been uh, more on my radar this this year than ever. Now, we're recording this very early 2021. And by that, I mean, like, in the last seven days, I've actually kind of tuned more into, like, am I feeling really fulfilled with what I'm doing? Because I think a lot of 2020 for me was spent in like a fight or flight mode. Like, how am I going to make this work? Keep going, keep going, keep going. The the page has turned and we're in a new year. Like, um, energetically, I feel like it's time to take stock a little bit. And and so I'm so glad we're talking about this today because maybe other people are feeling that way too. Oh, it's 100%. I mean, once March last year happened, everything died. And then... (laughs) it started to explode in the summer. And then I was just like, 
okay, yes, yes, yes. Give me more, give me more, give me more. Cause I don't know when it's going to end. And then I was like pretty burnt out by the end of the year. And then my husband was like, let's just like shut our computers down for four days. And I'm like, I don't shut my computer down for one day. So I was like, yeah. this is a big deal. Uh, and then I took almost two weeks off, uh, like a little bits of stuff, but I was just like, I needed it. And I didn't realize I needed it. And I didn't acknowledge that I needed it. Yeah. <laughs> and then future Jordan's problems bit him in the butt on Monday <laughs> when I opened my computer up and I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's future me that always has to deal with current me's going like, I just want to sit on the couch and watch Shit's Creek again. Um, oh, we already did which, that. <laughs> I mean, I do it all the time. I'm not even going to lie about it. Like my leisure time is just spent watching my favorite show over and over. I can recite it at this point. It's not healthy, yet I continue. But, you know, in thinking about our, a more fulfilled life, I think you know, when I think about that, I think about like, what is the, what is my purpose, right? Like what, I know my why, I know the why that gets me out of bed in the morning and I know the why for my business, but sometimes I, I don't know, maybe I forget or it's not at the forefront of my mind. Or sometimes when I'm asked to do something like a new project or I don't know, speaking gig or something, I, for a moment, I, I mean, in the past, let's be honest, I just said yes, right? I'd say, yeah. sure, I'd love to do that. And now I feel like I'm at a place where it's, I need to take a pause in the middle where I figure out if between the ask and me saying yes or no, like what's the purpose there? And so like, how do you, how do you find the purpose in the projects that come to you or the ones that you, that you, um, you know, are championing yourself? I mean, for me, it's been, it's been a real learning curve to get to this point. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect now, but I, I try and take a look at, you know, what, what excites me about that project or the prospect of that project? And then I really try and hone in on that um, because that to me is something that I can rally around because I, I mean, I do a lot of different things and sometimes I get projects on my plate that I'm like, I, this isn't like my kind of project. It's in my wheelhouse. I'm going to be good at it because it's what I do, but I'm like, it, I wouldn't put it in my portfolio. It's not going to be the thing that I want to, to like show out on Instagram. Like no one's going to really know I did this. But I'm like, there are elements in here that I can kind of rally behind. And for me, it's really about finding, you know, tidbits of information from from people that I'd be working with, or if it's a if it's a brand or a partnership that, you know, it's just kind of cool or fun or interesting or different. Like for me, I like to try and find that like that kernel of excitement that is like, okay, I can I can work with that. And I don't mind working on that part for the next four months. Um, whereas if I take a look at the whole project, I might be like, I don't really want to build that website for that, you know, that charity client that isn't in the kind of wheelhouse that I normally work in. Okay. So when you are looking at the project and you think, okay, this is a, a me project or a not me project, how do you know at the big outset of the project or have you ever gotten to that place? Because I know I have where I've said yes to something and then halfway through I've been like, oh, God, why did I say yes? Like, how do we avoid that middle middle of the road? Like, oh, I shouldn't have said yes to this moment. I have quite a few of those projects. On the go. <laughs> I think we all do. That's just like, can we normalize that? Like, hey, everybody, raise your hand if you have a project that you're like, how am I here? What did I say yes yeah, to? What happened in yeah. August of last year when I was like, yeah, this sounds great. And I'm yeah. like, this is not ending until March, guys. I was like, why is this happening? <laughs> I mean, for me, it's like, I really try and find the joy in the people that I work with um, yeah. because every project is different. 
And those partnerships are for me what really saves a project because, you know, clients are amazing people, but they have their own objectives and they don't always align with our visions as a business and our like our end goal or our hours or our life goals. Like they don't care about those things. They care about their own thing. So like yeah. that's where our job is to make sure that we fulfill our end of the agreement and do our best work. So I always try and be like, even if I'm not in love with this project, I try and find someone or something to latch to that I'm like, okay, at least I know I get to work with my favorite producer on this project and I can, you know, I can look forward to the 10 meetings I'm going to have this week. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He's going to be there, you know, in the same boat that I am. Like all of us feel the same thing. And there's a collective sense of like, we all know this isn't what we want to be doing sometimes. Right. But as long as we're in agreement and, you know, we can really kind of push forward the momentum that, you know, we want to do the best thing for the, the end client, then yeah. that's all that matters. You know, and I think that's a very interesting thought perspective and like a, a, sh- a thought shift there because it's like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I fall into the trap of thinking like all or nothing thinking, right? Very black or white thinking. Either I love something or I hate something, right? Or I love this client or this isn't a right client for me. I don't know why I did it. Like, but in the middle of those two things, there's a lot of gray area. And if you can find the pieces and parts that bring you some sort of micro joy, right? Then I think that's where we have to, I don't know, like dig our heels in a little bit and say like, I'm going to stay in this part of it that I like for a minute and really um, really like relish in that part that I, I can really enjoy because we can't control every single aspect of our jobs, of course, because it's life and humans. And even my favorite clients, my favorite events have had moments that I'm like, oh man, this again. <laughs> and that's yep. just human, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are, there's a lot of like <laughs> repeated trauma that can happen. Yes. <laughs> just like, oh my gosh, yes. you're like, oh, okay. I was like, I'm pretty sure I moved past this and my my event PTSD is just being triggered in this moment. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know what is happening and why I got into the same situation again, but we're here. In those moments, I always stop and think like, okay, what lesson is this trying to teach me that I didn't learn the first time? Because yeah. if there is a reason this particular challenge has been put in my path and like, what's the lesson, right? Because otherwise I'm just going to make myself, you know, bananas trying to like, trying to reframe like, oh, this thing happened again. Or it's like, yeah, no, there yeah. is a lesson. I just have to like, sit down with myself and maybe do some journaling, figure it out. Um, but One yeah, I drinking think... instead of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot of iced tea on my, in my, in my, uh, in my world. It's just like, bring me all the Starbucks iced teas, please. Let me, let me drink iced tea on this for a minute. Um, Sugar it up. Uh, exactly exactly like let's caffeine and sugar it up what about like red flags like do you have for yourself or do you think we should all have for ourselves rather like um some personal like red flags things that you see that you're like nope not touching that yeah i mean there are certain things that i know in my line of business and the way that i work that if a client says something at the very beginning or even in an inquiry i'm like yep you're not my person I don't yeah. care if you have a million dollars. Yeah. I, I would, I'm like, I, there are certain ones where you're like, I think I can work with this. It might be challenging project. And, yeah. you know, ultimately I might get something out of it. And then the other ones were, I mean, very, very, some of my first, first projects was like mother of the bride shows up and is like, you know, I have such a specific vision for my daughter's wedding invitation. 
and I want tulips and roses and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, sure, no problem. And then by like the second time that inquiry happens, I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's true though. It's true. You're you're not going to be my ideal client. And I know that that process is going to be 28 revisions and I'm going to make negative $2,000 on this project. (laughs) Yeah. For me, um, in the inquiry, if any, if, if I ever get an inquiry where someone says they want a perfect wedding. Oh yeah, that makes sense. That really doesn't align with, with my a perfect iced tea and a perfect mocktail. Like it doesn't exist. No, it doesn't exist. And and I think the people who are looking, this is like my dime store psychology. So like, get ready, everybody. But like, I feel like people who come to me or come to any professional, especially about a wedding, seeking perfection, they've got something else going on there that I don't want to touch. I'm not qualified to handle that particular brand of support. Support is a very nice way to put it. I was just going to, I'm thinking like in that case, I always assume something else is lacking somewhere, right? So if you need the perfect wedding, then what else isn't perfect that you're trying to control this one day? And I'm not here for it. No, I mean, it just puts unrealistic expectations on everyone. Yeah. Um, Like for them as the couple and then their family and friends, but also for all the professionals that have to work on that. Are all the flowers going to be the same shade? Like, right what is considered perfect like i can guarantee you all the stuff that's in the magazine that they're looking at that is perfect i'm using air quotes here yeah is not because that's just the curated shots that totally if you turn to the table beside it didn't have the <laughs> amazing bouquet of you know 28 perfect open peonies right right <laughs> like, no 100 percent. and you know there's so much we can't control and i think too if we're think if we're talking about like leading a more fulfilled life you know, especially for those in the wedding industry, I, I, I would I would imagine many creators feel this way. I shouldn't just pin, pigeonhole wedding creatives, but you know, I think we get a lot of fulfillment out of the feedback from our clients and them being happy with us, and and we get a lot of like serotonin from that. You did oh, such a great 100%. job for us, and and if if the benchmark is perfect, well, I'm sorry. How are you ever going? And how are you going to live up to that? And then what's perfect for you might not be perfect for someone else. It's just going to create a lot of unfulfillment. I think. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is a picture can say a thousand things, but it also doesn't say the million other like <laughs> shit show things that went on yep. to yeah. get to that point. Like the uh-huh. amount of projects I've worked on and you're just like, oh my God, at the end, I'm like, this turned out great. And then I'm like, I don't remember not sleeping for four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> right. I kind of blanked like, that part out until yeah. I have to go back and remember. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was a not yeah. a good project. <laughs> Like every styled shoot I've ever done, I'm like, oh, oh, it was gorgeous. And then I'm like, except you can't see all the, you know, butyl that's holding down the, the flowers. The, yeah, and the, the little duct tape that is like. <laughs> yeah, and the fact the that I didn't sleep the night before and ran around for four days. And yeah, you know, oh, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Oh, I've done one where I'm like, I remember I got, to, I got into a car accident after a shoot because I, <gasps> I fell asleep while oh, driving. No. Uh, I was, it was okay and the car is okay and all those things. But I was just like, that was like. That was a big calling card for me to be like, yeah, you know what? That was a point where I pushed myself too hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've. There was one wedding in particular that I remember back in the early days where it was August. August in LA is just a mess. Like no one oh, should be getting married yeah, in no. August. It's like it's like a, it's like you're just getting married in a sauna. It's the worst. And this was a particularly challenging, low budget wedding that happened at a park. Basically, like we had rented out this, we had rented basically a public park. And it was a carnival theme. It was a really long day. And 
you know, this was back in the beginning where I wasn't taking amazing care of myself. Like I, I wasn't, oh, yeah. I was kind of doing that, that typical wedding planner thing where you're like, I'll eat later. I don't need water. It's like, don't be a martyr, drink some freaking water. But yeah, if the, you're passed out in the corner, you're not going to help. Your right. <laughs> at the end of the day, I was driving home and it was a significant difference from a uh, distance from my house, but not so much that we would have stayed over somewhere. And I was at a stoplight, thank God. And I nodded off. Oh. And, and I woke, I woke up because someone honked at me and I was like, oh. I was like, oh my God. And I was like, of, of course I was like five blocks away from my home. And I was like, oh yeah, that can't happen again. Like no. the, all, that only has to happen once before you're like, and yeah. no thanks. But it's interesting when we talk about like fulfillment and I think it comes from knowing yourself. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the shitty thing, just to be frank, is a lot of times you have to have a, that failure yeah. To then realize I don't want to do that again. There's like, there's like, you don't know what you don't know. So you yeah. can't be like, oh, you know, setting up a tent over a pool sounds really cool. <laughs> I didn't right. need to realize I need to build a subfloor. Like all the things you don't know until you do it yeah. and you're like, never again, or triple your budget. Like yes. <laughs> those conversations change from the initial inquiry. Like, I mean, there's some wedding invitations that I've worked on where my husband and I, my husband helps in the business sometimes, but he, he helped sell a project through and it started out really small and ballooned into this like insane project, which was amazing. But what started out was a really simple invitation that had some small components to it. It was a 3D flower paper invitation, but it was going to be like eight flowers and it ballooned into this custom box that I ended up building with 40 handmade paper flowers and wow. a cut. it was an amazing project. It was, it was a real crazy rotations wedding, like legit. Um, it was in the middle of, a, anyway, one of my favorite projects, but I also blank out because I lost like three months of my life because these invitations were 40 hours a piece. I didn't Oof. know that when I committed to it. Sure. <laughs> but it just, it's one of those things that now like any project of that scale that comes in, I'm like, whoa, hold on. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to commit that at a time because I have enough other work or yeah. that's not really what you think it's going to be. And do you really have a, you know, a $25,000 stationary budget? <laughs> right. It's also, I love that you said, I mean, I don't love that this happened to you, but I have a similar situation where I was involved in a very complicated wedding, logistically complicated, built out at a family estate in the middle of nowhere with no cell service. Oh, and wow. I had, yeah, yeah. And, and I, and to be fair, I like love this wedding. I love this family. Like I want them to adopt me. I love them so much. This was a couple of years ago. At the same time, I was still trying to serve our wedding management clients. And there was one that, um, you know, the management clients don't get as much handholding. So they were a little bit behind in their tasks. And by the time they were trying to catch up, I was on site for this wedding. Oh. And so they couldn't get me. They could, they couldn't, they literally couldn't get me because there was no cell yeah, service. You're, you're like completely off the grid. Yeah. And by the and by the time I came back home and, you know, got on the computer, they were like, you know, we need someone that has more time for us. And wow. I was like, you know what? I don't disagree. Like you you do. And, and I didn't. And I basically gave up the smaller client in service of the larger client. But I didn't know that going into the larger client. Right. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't known that now. Of course, I always consider those things. But it was a real learning lesson for me to say you know, how, how do I want to serve my clients? And like, what's going to bring me the most fulfillment overall is honestly serving the, the, the more logistically complicated client. Um, just because it was so much more fulfilling to see that all come to life. Like we, we created a wedding out of nothing, out of nowhere, out of the, a, a flat piece of land on their property. Um, 
And so I had to have that, you know, realization in that moment. But of course, at a cost, right? It cost me the other client. So yeah, I mean, always good to learn those things. Definitely. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, to be frank, it almost cost me my marriage. <laughs> like, I'm I mean, sure. Project, my husband was like, I'm ready to kill you. Because I was like yeah. 20 hour days for literally like three weeks at the end trying to hustle to get this thing done. Right. Um, because, you know, you never really know. And, and it's the challenge with scoping custom work is, you know, we think we have an idea sometimes and sometimes we do and we know it off the back of our hands and other yeah. things are like, uh, yeah, like uh, I did some concrete uh, stationery one time and I was like, well, that didn't cure anywhere near as long as I thought it was going to. And I'm like, I had no idea. Like I was going to know it was going to take four days to cure. I, when I did my test, it did, it cured in four hours. So you're like, you just, you can't plan for certain things. Like well, I was also painting something one time and it was so humid that the paint took literally three days, three days to dry on acrylic. Wow. But with all of my tests, it dried within a day, but it was just like, either factors that are so outside of your control that you can never plan for. Did you say you made concrete stationery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Concrete wedding invitations and I inlaid uh, copper foil and copper ink all in it. It was so cool. Oh, that was on your Instagram? Um, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to go check it out later because a, a concrete invite sounds amazing. And heavy? Really heavy? Photo. Very heavy. Also heavy? Yeah. <laughs> delivered <laughs> like, by hand. <laughs> a lot of postage? Yeah. Delivered by hand, of course. Uh, as you do when you have a concrete wedding. <laughs> wedding stationery. Like, um, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Can you imagine the postal, like the U.S. Post Office, being like, "Yeah, we can totally deliver those without yeah, damaging here's them." There's a literal brick in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I got a brick as a gift once. This is totally a non sequitur, but um, I was. This is back when I was an actor, and I was working in Summerstock, and we did a Wizard of Oz, and we had all the we had all the yeah, kids play Munchkins, and. The munch. I was like wrangler of the munchkins. I was a baby. I think I was like seventeen. And one of the moms took a, a quote unquote brick from the brick from the yellow brick road and had all yeah. the kids like sign it and decorate it. And she presented me with this like gold brick with That's a bow amazing. on it. And like if you you ever that moment where you're like, I have to pretend this is an amazing present. I know. <laughs> you never think of the story until like you know ten years later when you're yeah. like, oh wow, that actually something applicable. Yeah. I got a gold brick and I was like, oh my God, thank you guys. And the kids were like, did you get our present? And I was like, I did. Thank you. Like, I really appreciate the gesture. Yeah. Would have preferred literally anything else. No, it was a very cute gesture. But I remember thinking like, did I just get gifted a brick? Like legit? All right. <laughs> kids. Like, that was, was what I was worth. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. They made me insane for two and a half weeks, but thank you. I'll take this brick. Nowadays, this was a million years ago. Nowadays, I would have been like, but how about a Starbucks gift card? Can I not just get that as well? Yeah, just, yeah. Just put this on the brick and then on the brick, the brick. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the funny part is that I had that brick, so that was like summer stock, and then I went back to college, and I had it like sitting in my dorm room because I didn't know what else to do with it. Oh, that brick stayed around for a while. Anyway, <laughs> stories of bricks. Um when we're in these projects that for better or for worse we're in uh, right even if we're halfway through and we're like wow that concrete is more than i bargained for how do you have like a, a system or a way that you kind of investigate yourself and say like what's the good that i can take away from this i i really try and look back at the why especially when i'm like in the middle of a shitstorm. <laughs> yeah uh, and i'm like okay so 
why did I take this project on in the first place? And what can this mean for me in the future? Like what kind of referrals could I hope to get out of this? What kind of photos can I spin out of this? I'm always like looking at, at, at finding the things that I'm, I'm trying to take away from it. Cause I'm like, oh, there's always something like, even on the, the, the projects where I'm like, this is not going near my portfolio. I took a learning away from that project yeah. that that is not the right thing for me, or that design style does not jive with my aesthetic. Um, and that kind of client isn't the kind of client I like to work with, or that kind of client is a client I'll never work with again. Like you, even if the, the, the good is a thing that saves you in the future, you can always spin it in your mind to take that away. So something that may be a bad could be a red flag that could become a good in the future. I agree uh, with that. So you can always take a look at it. And I mean, it's really hard. Trust me, like when you're exhausted and not feeling it or butting your heads against a client or a vendor, and you're just like, I don't, I don't know how much I can actually handle here. You've got to just kind of take a step back and realize that ultimately it is a project that's going to end. It will end. Yes, it will end. <laughs> um, and, you know, finding that little bit that you can take out of it is something that I always try and, and kind of take stock in. Um, yeah. It just takes just to not, you know, crush my soul. <laughs> no, I mean, you have to, you kind of have to always, again, it goes back to the thought work of like, how am I choosing to think about this client? How am I choosing, what am I choosing to take forward from this? For me, it's like, especially when I was newer in my business and I was really trying to hone in on like who I wanted to serve, because um, at the beginning of my journey with wedding planning, I really thought that I I was going to be serving like really um, offbeat clients and like really avant-garde weddings. And, you know, I had this because I have the mindset of like open mindedness. Right. And like I'm here for anything. Um, I really thought that like I was more of an offbeat bride style and by offbeat bride, I mean like the blog. Yeah, um, style planner. And then and then I sort of tried to brand myself that way at first. And then I realized that like that wasn't really authentic to me or, or my skill set. Like I'm a middle aged white woman who shops at Ann Taylor. Let's be let's be honest. Right. So and Ann Taylor's like low end at this point for me. So like, you know, who am I kidding? But, you know, of course, 13 years ago, that wasn't the case. But still, it didn't feel aligned. And so what I started doing was um, the first year I did it like every quarter. Um, but then as years went on, at the end of the year, I would just sit down and like write about every wedding like just make a little just make notes for myself like what did i love from this event this experience what did i not love you know what about this client did i really love what didn't resonate with me and so i ended up kind of being like a scientist of my own <laughs> my own track record to just say like what can i get out of this like what parallels can i draw yeah, from these I people mean, renee that you just kind of hit the nail on the head on that kind of like self-research that's another area so like part of my background is user experience design like i yeah. do I've been doing it for 13, 14 years now um, in digital and like mapping out customer journey personas. And for me, taking stock in the clients that worked and didn't work and understanding their traits and their needs and their behaviors can really help you hone as a business in like finding that niche and, and, and finding the projects you like to work on. Like there are the, the green flags if you're like this client just said the buzzword that I've been looking for yes. as like, you know, I love X brand in the thing. And you're like, perfect. I didn't know, like I knew the client well enough. She just had such a refined aesthetic in the way that she presented herself every time I met her for coffee that I was like, if I were to encapsulate your wedding invitations from like one brand, I'd be like, 
Chloe the fashion brand. And she's like, oh my God, I love that brand. And she yes. never said it in, in any of our work, but I was like, yes. I could just get it through all of our conversations and the way that like, she was a very, very refined, minimalist, highly polished person. And I was yeah. like, that brand just speaks to me. And we were able to connect on such clear language that it made our work during the design process so much clearer. Cause I was like, I have a, I have a point that I can use as a reference for both of us to have that language. It's so important. It's so important. It's actually one of the things I ask my clients, my design clients, like if they're, if they're a full planning client and we're doing design, I say like, what are your favorite brands? Because like, I'll go, I'll go look at those. Right. And if someone would ask me, it's like, well, I love Francis Valentine, which is the, which is Kate Spade's uh, secondary brand. And it's the one that Kate did before she died. And it's very colorful and very, but also like very refined, very tailored. Yeah, and I'm that. like, that brand looks like me to me. Right. And so if someone were to ask me that, that's what I'd say. And I love that. It's like Chloe, when you said Chloe, I had an immediate picture in my mind, immediate. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. she was like neutrals, grays, blacks, whites, yeah. super clean lines, really elegant typography. Like I, I, I got it immediately once we hit that kind of tone and we didn't, we didn't get there until it would took a little while. And sometimes yeah. clients don't know how to articulate those things. But when you find well, those related topics that you can share conversation in, it can really like balloon. I love that. How do you find inspiration? Do you look at fashion brands? Oh, 100%. Yeah, um, me too. And like for me, I, I really actually try not to look within our sphere for insp inspiration. I pull a lot of inspiration from like pop culture, architecture, design. I have an art history background. So like I, I love to tap into areas that I find interesting. And then I try and weave them in because a client may not appreciate, you know, whatever, Van Gogh, uh, but I do. Um, right. Or like the art of Tim Burton. I had a client who wanted something a little funky. And I was like, I was like, have you, what are some of your favorite movies? And I was like, once I got to that point, they're like, oh my God, I love Edward Scissorhands. And I was like, uh, that's one of my favorites. So it was like, it's an yeah. immediate conversation to be like, okay, I can kind of get your vein here. It may not be the theme of your wedding, but how do we integrate some Tim Burton style elements into your, you know, your luxe, uh, you know, taupe and white wedding? Like you can take those right. things and not be a literal translation, but there are certain like off kilter elements you can take from certain brands. Or for me, it's Ted Baker. Like that's a brand that I like gravitate towards when you said Kate Spade, like my heart kind of went like a flutter. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, those brands to me are the, like if I were to take my, my stationary brand and my design brand, and if I would like translate it to fashion, I'd be like, that's that translation. Yes. Um, the other ones are like Alexander McQueen, Iris Van Herpen and Guo Pei are like the couture side of the work that I want to do. And I'm yes. like, if you were like someone who's insane and spends you know 10,000 hours doing something that I'm like, that's the kind of work I want to do. I don't know if I'll do that because I'm not that crazy. But like, I also don't have a team of like 80 working on one right. thing. But like, it, when, I, when I talk to clients and I want to put myself out there, like those are the things that I, I tap into. Or like from a movie, like Baz Luhrmann's one of my favorite directors. Yes. And, and Catherine Martin, his wife, is like, just the way that they work. I'm like, that's like, I'm like on paper, like that's my brain happening in a movie. Like, how does this happen? Yes, <laughs> I love that. I often... um. I do look at, I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't look a lot at Pinterest. I don't, I don't really like Pinterest. I mean, I go there for recipes, obviously, but like 
when my clients send me a Pinterest board, I, I will look at it, but I, it's hard because then it's an echo chamber, right? We're just recreating yeah. someone else's work. And so I tend to, again, go to architecture because like, I mean, I'm from New York city, so I grew up around amazing oh, yeah. architecture always. Amazing um, I, I go to travel, like I, and, and I go to fashion shows, like the, I, thankfully the online fashion shows, like even before the pandemic have been, oh, I mean, yeah. just, Vogue has so oh. like, they categorize everything. That's yes. to go back amazing. To like fashion week is like, I'm not even a fashionista, but I go because those, those designs, those um, ideas will eventually trickle down. Cause in yeah. my mind, it goes like couture, then it goes, then it trickles down fashion to like ready to wear. And then we go home decor and then eventually it gets to weddings. Yeah, the there's the quote in Devorah's Prada when um, Miranda is uh, chastising Andrea about the cerulean. Cerulean, yeah. Uh, like that, that like it came from this room. Like that idea that it starts yeah. somewhere and will will you know, it'll be something that we'll see in five to six years probably. Yep. Yep. Um, and how do we I, take those things and become ahead of the trend? Is something exactly. that I'm really excited about. Especially for those of us on the West and East Coast, because I feel like we're the ones who see the trends first in, you know, start is debatable, but we see them first. Yes. Um, I've also gotten better over the years at, at verbalizing these things. So like if I go to a venue with a client and I'll walk in and be like, oh, this feels like Tuscany, like saying it out loud and seeing yeah. what they say, right? Just like you said, like, like Chloe and like, oh, I love Chloe. Like sometimes they can't put words to things. No, I mean, yeah, yeah a lot of non-design clients and you're doing design work is incredibly challenging sometimes because they're like, I just want it to feel romantic. What is romantic? Like, how do you articulate that? <laughs> right, right. And look, I just want it to be like a, a certain kind of, let's say like, I want it to be a Tiffany blue. And I'm like, okay, well, Tiffany blue is this. No, it's not. I'm like, okay, well, I'm it is to my eye. So literally like, I can just pull up the Tiffany logo and that's blue. Right, so that's like, blue. Where is your brain it doesn't look here? the same. I'm like, okay, well, everyone's eyes perceive light differently. And then yeah. we go into the whole thing and I'm like, okay, this is, this is silly. Yeah, so I, I agree. Um, I think it's important too, as especially as we continue on in our lives um, in a pandemic that hopefully will be, um, I don't know, on the upswing soon um, or downswing. I don't know. It'll be over soon. I hope. Um, how are we finding? How are you finding inspiration during this time of isolation? I've been watching a lot of TV and movies the past few weeks. It's been lovely. Um, I mean, I, I like to tap into and get lost in in the, the design world. For me, that's that's something that I've always done. Um, that's why I always, like, I have a bookshelf of coffee table books, which means it's a bookshelf of books. <laughs> um, can't really call them coffee table books when they're not on your coffee table. I don't know, I don't know the terms no. here. But like, I, I, I like to tap into those periods. Like for me, um, like Liberty of London is oh. a brand that I like, those like, patterns are everything. Yeah. Obsessed. Like William Morris from like Art Deco and Art Nouveau are kind of like my jam. I'm like, if I yes. save in an art period, like, <laughs> like I would live in that. Uh, so I'm like, if I can go back in that well and like tap into that, that feeling, that's kind of where I, I tend to like get lost in and like look to whenever I get stuck. Because I'm like, even if it doesn't apply to this project, those are wells of inspiration that I can always go back to. And it's like a happy place, um, so to speak, yeah. um, that I can go and say, you know, I don't know how to solve this project, but let me go and get some inspiration for something that I'm thinking about for myself. Because at least if I feel invigorated and charged creatively in general, 
that will always spill back out into all of my other work because I get, I like kick the momentum and then I can yeah. go, okay, I'm, I'm really excited about these 12 other projects that I want to do instead of this project, but I really need to park that because I'm getting paid to do this one thing that I don't want to deal with. <laughs> I uh, love that. Let's park that, that one and come back to it. Yeah. I yeah. need to get the thing out of the way so that I can do the project I'm now excited about again, which then can be like, okay, how do I solve the thing that I'm stuck on? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I was also thinking lately in this in this goal setting period of the year about like fulfillment in relationship to like finishing things, right? Because part of what happened, at least to me last year in 2020, was that I was feeling, um, I, th I guess unmotivated is the right word, but but it was more than that. It was sort of like a numbness just in like, as the months wore on of like, okay, well, we're still not back to normal. I found myself kind of falling into the trap of saying like, well, I don't feel like doing it, <laughs> whatever that that yeah. was, right? I don't feel like it. I don't feel like cooking dinner. I don't feel like answering this email. And eventually I came around to like, you know, we all do things we don't feel like doing. Just go do them before you know it. It'll be over. And that's and that's that. But more than that is, um, especially I think for wedding pros who are used to having these events that, that end and we get that sense of accomplishment and resolution and yeah we get that we get that feeling of like we crossed the finish line we haven't had that in so long and so i like what you said about you know maybe i park that and i come back to those because i have to do the things that are paying my bills or it's like there's actually a real power and fulfillment in that getting to the finish line for these things now for me yeah i mean there's like there's there's the ability to do like oh my god i actually checked 20 things off my list this week that could yes. be like i sent 10 emails it doesn't matter what it is it's that sense of accomplishment that then you're like, okay, you know, this week actually didn't suck as much as I thought it did. I didn't get to do the things that I wanted to do. Like you, for me, I've had to move, like I've had to learn to move past a lot of the like, well, I didn't get to do this or I didn't do right. that. Like, that doesn't help me accomplish my goals. That's, I mean, that's right. for me, it's been really about, okay, what's next? How do I do the next thing? Yep. What's my end goal that I'm always trying to get to? And does this project ladder up to it? Not really, but does it pay a bill that can get me to then renew something or allow right. me to buy a course or allow me to order some paper from Italy? Yes, <laughs> like, all day. To do those things that you're like, I don't really know. Um, or, or order, we're going through like a risotto phase right now where I'm like, oh yeah. Uh, I'm like ordering a bunch of different risottos and I'm like, I didn't know there were different kinds of rice for risotto. <laughs> okay. We're going to have to go offline about this because I did not know that either. It's just a Boreo rice. No, no, there's like five <gasps> different varieties of it. All right. We're going to have to talk offline about that because I also am obsessed with risotto. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> we'll table that. But table. I'm we're like, going to park that and come back yeah, to it later. Um, <laughs> but like there are things you didn't know and, but you don't know until you start learning. So that's yes. why like, once you like you always can find like something to inspire something like food is a really big space of inspiration i love cooking my husband Damn. went to culinary school before he was a teacher so i'm like he loves it and it's in his bones <laughs> and so like you, you develop an appreciation for it um and so you like those kind of things are like you have to develop uh an ability for me to like set a goal and pull inspiration and to keep working it's a it's a, a muscle you have to flex it doesn't just happen right um, especially coming off of a year where we had very yeah, little to yeah, do generally speaking yeah crazy like i mean i remember at the beginning i was like i need to do a style shoot i was like yeah. i don't know how i'm going to because nothing is open 
Right. And we were like, how do we do it covertly? And then it ends up like the shoot ballooned into something completely insane, which turned out amazing <laughs> and all the things that we really wanted. But I was just like, you know, it started with, I have an itch. I need to, yeah. I need to try and get there. And I mean, the number of projects that have been punted from 2020 to 2021 to now 2022 is oh, soul yeah. crushing. Yes. Um, if you just think about it on paper, but I'm also like, okay, well, then I get more time to keep working on other things. It's not yeah. the things that I necessarily want to be doing, but I mean, I found so much fulfillment in my business, you know, again, quoting here, like, like pivoting because I was like, okay, I have other skills. I have other things that I can do and I have clients who might want to hire me for those things. I mean, I'll be doing the things that I want to be doing ultimately, um, but I'm still loving the work that I'm doing because I'm, I'm finding ways of taking on projects or meeting people, or I'm like, I'm going in the mentality of, I don't have this kind of client in my wheelhouse. Right. It may not be the right kind of client, client for me ultimately. I don't know that until I do it, but sure, let's say yes to that project. Like there's always that ability when you have that time. Cause I know like if I was in a regular wedding season right now, I'd be in the crush of influx of, oh my God, I'm engaged and I'm getting married in four months. And you're like, holy crap, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right we won't have many of those this year <laughs> no but i mean like if you take a look at that we don't have those things like i mean i have been my first summer in like six years last yeah. year yeah so, i mean it was a blessing and a real sadness in the sense that i couldn't travel yep. i didn't do those things but i'm also like i got to spend time with my husband when i haven't like i didn't have to spend every weekend at an event or the four days up to the weekend crushing myself, getting ready for the event. And then the right. event, like, right. I also got to sit down and watch a movie with my husband on a Thursday night. <laughs> I know. Amazing. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it's been the, the trade-off is like, I've learned to like, actually it's okay to step away. And yeah. I didn't make as much money in certain things as I wanted to. And the trajectory of my business wasn't where I thought it was going to be. But I'm also like, my business took leaps and bounds in totally different spaces that I never thought were possible because I was forced to. Right. Which led to you feeling ultimately more fulfilled. Yes. hundred percent. Like, I mean, yep. I'm, you know, you know, not to sound like I'm like high, but I'm like, I, I love the work that I'm doing. I love the clients that I have. Some of them are not ideal, but I mean, I'm also loving that that's not ideal. Right. I'm just accepting it for what it is. Like, right. It, and it takes time. And honestly, like, I mean, literally like three weeks ago, I was working 20 hours a day, like on certain projects, but it was like, I knew I needed to, because that was what the client needed. And I get paid hourly. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> it all works out. So like, you so just for, learn to like take stock in those things. I know I a hundred percent agree. So for the listeners who are you know, attempting uh, to feel more fulfilled, what would you say if, if, if right now someone's listening and they're, they're not feeling fulfilled at all, and they're still sort of stuck in the 2020 sadness, which is fine, by the way, if that's yeah, where you are, still there. It's looming what would the you say would be the first step to say, like, how do you get start feeling more fulfilled? For me, when I got stuck, so I got stuck back in May, uh, all my work, like, stopped off the end of the world. And I was like, literally, like, I don't know what to do with my life. <laughs> like, wedding shut down all my contract work shut down i was like i don't know i don't know how to be with myself not working <laughs> um and i started a passion project for myself and for me that was you know starting a daily creative project um and it really kicked things off for me because i did a ton of research and i got to do the stuff that i love to do on the research side of like 
going down the rabbit hole of like buying and renting and taking books up from the library and going down the rabbit hole of like what did Fabergé eggs what happened in imperial russia like Ooh. like like going down those spaces of like what does a wedding invitation look like if it was inspired by Fabergé <sighs> like like those kind of things like i can we can parking lot a million projects that i have sitting in folders of like stuff i want to accomplish in my life i don't know if i'll ever get to it but like those were the things that i started in may was like i don't know if it'll ever come to light of day but it really sparked a lot in me because i was like allowing myself to see possibility again i love that i got your juices going 100%. got you excited and i have yeah. a well i can always tap in and i know that those projects are sitting there and i don't know when they'll ever be done or if they'll ever be done and i've done some of them and i've been able to apply them to real projects and you know shoots and stuff for myself and you know all the different things but i didn't know that they existed until i allowed myself to start creating them and um, i like too that you went down that road not knowing if it was ever a money making possibility because i know a lot of people a lot of creatives especially we get caught in this like, well, I must be doing it for money. And it's like, well, no, sometimes you just do it because you are curious about something and you want to know more. Yeah, like, I mean, there are just things, like, I mean, I'm notorious for doing things that I'm like, this isn't going to make me zero dollars. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just so driven to wanting to see it through because I'm like, I'm like, that sounds like a fun thing. I don't know what it's going to be, what it's going to end up being. It's for me, some of those projects have been shoots or, projects that have built some of my strongest relationships in the industry because I'm like we all went through something together we didn't know what it was going to be and what it ended up being was maybe not what we expected or was so much more than we expected yeah but I built a relationship with someone like I mean for me when I'm stuck I like to talk to my peers who I know are also stuck I mean all of us are stuck guys like it's not yeah. like even when we're all engines firing I mean you know, I'm not doing some of the work that I want to be doing, of course. Like, right, right. I'm literally delaying weddings from 2021 to 2022. Like, I really don't want to be doing that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I'm like, it is what it is. Like, I'm like, okay, so now how do I keep the momentum going and building the relationships that I currently have and fostering those things and going, going back to my well of ideas? If I have and, a you know, you never know if you're creative yeah and you don't know if your creative project is going to spark some creativity in some one of your peers and then it becomes like a, a chain reaction that you probably didn't even know happened because someone saw you going for a new opportunity yeah. challenge interest whatever i mean it's it's all about getting started for me it's even it's the same way that i review like everything like you never know like we always and it's a huge problem in our industry in, in creative industry in general is so always striving for, for perfection just to kind of take it back to like the perfect wedding right. there's no perfect style shoot there's no perfect wedding invitation that i put out there's no perfect you know perfectly executed event like right. it's not feasible like there are things that go really well but there's also like something didn't go well some timing didn't work out like it's never perfect so for me it's getting started is always the beginning of something just like just start don't say, I can't start until I have the perfect idea. I can't start until that piece of inspiration hits me. Like just, just do something, put something on paper, pin something to a board. Like just that act will ignite something in your brain. Have a conversation to be like, hey, I'm stuck. Because that other person might be like, I'm stuck too. Do you want to work on something? 
I have this idea. And you're like, oh my God, I never thought about that. I love that too. What if we did, what if we called, like those are the conversations that happen, but they only happen once you start having those conversations. You can't just like miraculously have a shoot put itself together or a wedding form itself just through like osmosis. hundred <laughs> percent. I love that. Just start, you guys, just start. Jordan, thank you so, so, so much. Where can everyone find you on the internets? Um, they can find us on our website at uh, agooddayinc.com, as well as Facebook and Instagram at Good Day Inc. Um, yeah, that's probably about the best way. Um, are you on Instagram mostly, most mostly often? Instagram, yes. Facebook and are you on Clubhouse? Instagram. I am. I just got in today. Y'all get into Clubhouse if you can get an invitation. If it's by the time you listen to this, it might actually be open to everyone. But if not, if it's still in beta, get yourself in there because it's fascinating. So maybe we'll do a chat on Clubhouse one day, Jordan. Oh, that would be sweet. Yeah, let's do it. All right, team. Thank you all for spending your time with us. You know, I don't take your time lightly and neither should you. So thank you for spending this time with us. And as usual, we're going to invite you to join us on Instagram at Talk with Renee Dallow. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You know, we're trying to get to that hundred mark this year. So let's, that's a common goal that every, all of us need to have listeners. We're going to get to a hundred reviews because the more we have, the more Apple shares us and that's what we want. So we will be back with you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram.